0: YoMTG MTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up soon in Baltimore, Maryland. On June 25th and 26th, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard Legacy and Draft Open to compete for the glory, the money, and the prestige of moving up the ranks in the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join Star City Games and YoMTG Taps in Baltimore, and we'll see you there. Welcome to episode 70 of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pascoe.
1: I'm Big Head Joe. We are so far over the hill at this point, but we're not over the shark.
0: That's true. We have not yet jumped the shark. Um, we are super pumped to be joined by returning guest, Patrick Chapin.
1: Hey, what up? This is Patrick.
0: So uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna talk about the huge news that came down uh, actually just yesterday. Today we're recording on Tuesday, um, June 20th, the, the band-restricted announcement. Uh pretty much the most anticipated band restricted announcement that I can remember. Um, and uh as as many people expected there were changes and I, I think this is this is the biggest kind of bomb to kind of drop on standard in this way in six years. Like uh the last time there were bannings was the affinity debacle. Yeah, like
2: standard obviously hasn't had anything changed in a long time.
0: Yeah, so as of July 1st, Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge Mystic are banned from standard, unless you're playing the event deck, the War of Attrition event deck, in which case you can actually play Stoneforge Mystic if you don't change that deck, which is a little. uh, an interesting way to work around that. But um, I think the. (laughs) yeah, the primary thing is, you know, those two cards are banned. So, first thing, are either you guys surprised at all uh, with any part of that.
1: Nope. Yes, I'm
2: surprised that so many people were surprised. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? How delusional it has to be to think that this is in any way remotely okay. No, I mean, nobody, okay, yes, I get that there's some people who wondered is Jace above the law, you know? Mm -hmm. Like is somehow he untouchable because he's the center of brand and a $100 card at one point? Uh, Or is Stoneforge Mystic untouchable because it appears in the event deck? Standard was a format that nobody even wanted to touch. This was the most dominant deck of all time. There's no way in the world they would allow it to survive. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm surprised that people actually thought, "Oh, look at this most recent at one recent tournament, (laughs) only half of the top eight was (laughs) Carblade. Well, shoot, gosh, I guess things are changing. The reign of terror is over. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, we're back. we 're back to fairy and John levels of dominance instead of uh instead of call blade levels
2: on one day yeah on, a, on one day it stoops so low as to be uh uh fairies or john's good day
0: right exactly um i I definitely wasn 't surprised I expected something to happen, but I feel like I was a little more surprised that Jace was included in it, and I know like that's not i, I can 't say I was totally surprised. Uh, but I think the, uh, I think Stoneforge Mystic was obviously the number one target, at least in my head, but I felt like once you take away Stoneforge Mystic, that destroys Callblade as a deck, and I felt like that would have been enough. Um, so, not that I can't, I can't say I disagree with the decision, but that's, I think, as far as, like, the decision I would have made, I think if it were just up to me, it would have just been Stoneforge Mystic. Um... I I guess. How? What did you guys think about that? Like, you know, one or the other?
1: Can um. So, I want to get on the record here on the episode and say uh, to everyone who listens, "I told you so." Um, No, (laughs) I've been saying for a very long time. I think I've been saying since they spoiled that there would be a red and white sword. Um, which we pretty much knew already And New Phyrexia I was like, yeah, they should probably ban Stoneforge Mystic Because I think it's going to get out of hand I've been saying that from day one And I know that I was um, I, I, I think, like, Joey you were I, Somebody was saying to me, like, well, what if you're wrong? And I was like, well, people are wrong all the time Nobody remembers the times when you're wrong People only remember the times when you're right And, uh <laughs> Well, uh, I was right um, They banned Stoneforge Mystic And I'm not surprised at all um, I'm I, I, I don't think they... I wish they wouldn't have banned Jace. And this is coming from someone who owns zero of them um, as, a, as a player. I mean, like, I like Jace as a card. Um, I see how it can be super powerful. Um, but I didn't feel like it should be banned. Um, that's just me personally. I know people disagree with that, and that's fine. Um, I'm not surprised or disappointed that they banned Jace, frankly. Like, it does open a lot of doors Um, For standard, and I think it's a good thing in the long run. Now, if I were making the decision, since you you you, uh, said what you would have done, right? um, If I were making the decision, I would have banned uh, Stoneforge Mystic and Splinter Twin, but that's just me. Um, I feel like the Splinter Twin deck is really weird for like newer players. I'm a TO, so I have to think of things in terms of like how new players would react to them, and having a somebody just spit out a creature at the end of their turn and then play an enchantment and win doesn't feel like magic to a new player. Um so I mean that's just me. And I do see how that deck is significantly weakened by taking Jace out of the equation. Uh so I think that's a good thing in the long term in terms of like, well if they draw it, they draw it, you know? Yeah. Um but like it really does take a lot of their ability to dig for it or to have another win condition in the deck away. Um so I think that's good. Um like I would have I would have just made that, you know, I would I would have kept Jason banned uh Splinter Twin, but um I don't disagree with anything they did and I'm excited to move forward.
0: How about you, Patrick? Uh okay, so first
2: I think it's kind I mean, maybe maybe I'm being too much like focusing on the details here, but isn't it kind of impossible to like it seems weird to have these contradicting views of you don't disagree with anything they did. But you wouldn't have done it <laughs> and, uh, you don't think that they should have done it, but you think that it was good for the game? yeah, yeah, yeah you it, said it, in the it's... long run, you think it's good, but you don't think they needed to do
0: it. I guess it's more about uh I, it's not what I've done, so I don't totally agree with it, but'm uh, but but i can I, I can see the reasoning behind it to some extent, and I'm not outraged. Uh, I'm not completely opposed to what they're doing. It's just that it's not the decision I would have made, because it's a hard decision. You know, it's a fine line, yeah, I, mean, I
2: think. It's definitely a hard decision, but you know what? It's definitely the right decision. I agree. I mean, first, I'm pretty sure everybody can agree that Stoneforge Mystic needed to be banned just because, the, I mean, obviously the Red White Sword, but to a larger degree, Batterskull. Mm-hmm. The printing of Batterskull has elevated Stoneforge Mystic into being one of the top two or three creatures of all time. And the uh, even if Jason Sculptor had been banned, and only Jace, Stoneforge Mystic, like Callblade itself would still be excellent. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Stoneforge Mystic plus Batterskull would still dominate the format. So once you ban Stoneforge Mystic, uh, you know, wrap your mind around that, the question is, why not just that? Is that enough? You know?
0: Yeah, that, that's and that's pretty much where I am. So sure, the, I... the problem with that, and I'll get to
2: the twin argument in just a moment, but the the, the problem with banning just Stoneforge Mystic is the first, if Wizards of the Coast is going to, swallow the poison tail. If they're going to go to all the trouble of actually banning a card and having to deal with the incredible negative backlash, you better believe they, better, they want to be damn sure they actually solved the problem. Right. The only thing worse than having to... like, You know what's worse than banning cards or letting the format stay awful? is doing both. Banning a card and the format still being awful. The perception of it being that it hasn't changed enough. Even if Callblade was gone, if you ban Stoneforge Mystic right now, the format would be completely dominated by Jace the Mind Sculpture decks. Right. Yeah. And Jace the Mind Sculptor is already the best thing in the format besides Stone Fortune and Stick, and it beats. It's in Twin, which you're afraid of, and it's the only thing that beats valakit. Right. But, like, it's still a $100 card that even before, like, it was showing up in 88% of the Day 2 decks of Grand Prix Singapore. Right. 88%. I mean... Like, if a format is 88% blue, it's miles beyond having a problem. You know? Yeah. And then, so so what, like, banning Stoneforge Mystic isn't actually going to make it better. It's just going to make it so that there's fewer blue decks. There's going to be a bunch of different blue decks, but they're all just going to dominate. I mean, Jace the Mind Sculptor is still the most broken card in the format. There's one interaction, the interaction between Stoneforge Mystic and Batterskull. That is, uh, it's like uh, Flash and Protean Hulk, or Time Warp, or Time Vault and voltaki mm-hmm. where the combination is unbeatable. But the, but that doesn't mean that it, that that doesn't make Time Vault or Flash better than Infest for Recall or Black Lotus. Jace the Mind Sculptor is still the most powerful card in the format by an order of magnitude compared to most of the cards. And uh, the like, if they only banned Stoneforge Mystic. If they only get Stoneforge Mystic, would you agree that there's a very good chance that that 4 out of 5 of the best decks would be JaceX? Or at least 3 out of 4 of the best JaceX? But 3 out of 4 of the best decks would be JaceX? Sure, sure.
1: Maybe more like 5 out of 5, but fair enough. (laughs) Right, but the point is that how does that help? Like right now, there are an
2: awful lot of people who can't even compete in tournaments because you, up until now, you really did need Jace the Mind Sculptor to be a top-tier contender. For some period of time i mean yes people show up at these mono red decks and these vampire decks they do okay but how narrow is that metagame where you have to play a hyper aggressive strategy just to even have a chance and even then if they stick a batter skull you're dead
0: yeah i guess here like the thing that i think of now uh, two things kind of uh as far as jace decks go if the measure of a healthy format is some amount of diversity and i think that's that's something that a lot of people look at as the primary marker of a healthy format.
1: Myself included.
0: Um, and, and, I, and I can get behind that as well. I think that probably is the primary marker as, of, uh, of a healthy format. But um, And call, uh, Stoneforge Mystic is banned, and there's a lot of Jace decks. The thing about Jace is he's a, he's a blue staple, so he's going to go in every deck that can produce blue mana. And blue is a popular color. And the fact that you could have several different Jace decks, to me is uh it's still a mes- it's still a diverse format when there's uh you know a top eight includes uh blue black control and blue white control and rug and then like you know uh, your right random, your random yeah boros or vampires lists or something not, or valid not everybody but... owns chases right no I understand I understand the, the, the logic uh, about yeah. it being well, You tough.
2: know I love chase mind sculpture more than anyone Mind <laughs> yes. sculpture absolutely needed to be banned. The whole point, like, once you're going to go to the trouble of banning uh, banning a card, mm-hmm. then make sure the format actually does what you want. Like, it gives people a chance to play the new cards from the last two sets that they haven't even got to play yet because they've been still so completely impressed. If Beastly Mind was still legal, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't see any Mono Black. You wouldn't see uh, people try to play Green White Quest. You wouldn't see people. You wouldn't see uh, Valakar. You wouldn't. I mean, you, you would literally just see the same old decks. It would be the same decks that we already had. Yeah. But now with Jace and Stoneforge gone, that's almost 90% of the field. Now right. the whole format has been revolutionized. It's almost all the same cards, but there's like 50% more cards that are playable now because they can actually compete in a world that doesn't have Jace and Stoneforge. A lot of cards are not even close to good enough to be in a world of Jace. The Jace test, look at and Obliterator. That's a sweet card that you can't possibly play because of Jace.
0: There's a number of creatures that are really good that just fail the Jace test.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you with what you're saying. Um, What I felt that they needed to do, the, the goal of the bannings needed to be to weaken the Callblade decks and to weaken the Splinter Twin decks, in my opinion. And I feel Splinter
2: like... Splinter Twin wasn't dominated.
1: No, it wasn't. But, um, but to me, just to me, it's a deck that uh, doesn't feel like magic, uh, especially to a newer player. I'm just talking about in terms of like making magic feel like magic. That's all I'm talking about here. Um, and I felt like they, should, they needed to weaken those two decks, frankly. And, um, and I feel like with the bannings that they did... They accomplished that, so I think that was a good thing. I don't think they needed to ban Splinter Twin, but they needed to weaken that deck so that, you know, players could play their decks without someone just barfing out a combo and winning.
0: At least not, but, so not consistently, anyway.
1: Not consistently, exactly.
0: I guess, while I do agree that it's nice
2: that that deck was weakened, to say that it needed to be weakened, uh, I mean, there's no actual evidence of that, because Splinter Twin hasn't, done, hasn't even had a chance to live. That combo is a good combo, and that deck is going to probably be a pretty good deck in this new world. But to say that that combo should be neutered because it doesn't feel like magic is to miss that there are different ways of playing Magic. A lot of people feel like two card combos are a classic way to play Magic. Magic is a game that isn't just good cards. It's not just draft all the time. People, lo- there's a a lot of people who love combos. And eventually, every new player is going
1: to learn this. There are combos and magic. No, 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 and I and I agree that right now, like as things stand, the the Splinter Twin deck is a you know is a healthy part of the meta game. Uh, no, but I think it's good. I mean, I think I think that things the way they are now, come July first, are going to be amazing. And even with the the Twin decks, which I don't feel are you know overpowered because they don't have that that long game of having Jace to search up like you know the other, like, the other two or three copies of the card that they need, you know? Um,
2: so I think it's a good... Oh, yeah, I agree with that, with that completely. Once you yeah. don't a Jace the Mind Sculptor, they're so much more fragile. Because it's a lot more all-in. Com- if, if you just attack their combo, sometimes they just beat you with a Jace anyway. You know, right. you, you, right. have, you have your Torpor in play, a dismembering your hand, and, you know, you're ready, and then they just cast Jace, and you're like, well, um, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> right,
1: exactly, and so I think that's good. I think that the, the the deck is um, is is good for the metagame right now in its you know in its post banning's state. You know, so so no no beef there. You know, just um, just looking at it when you know when Jace was around. You know, I mean Jace has warped our thinking so much that we can't think of like. You know, these decks without Jace. Like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: it's, definitely, it's definitely difficult because I know like even sitting down yesterday trying to like think, all right, what do I want to play? Uh, what kind of blue base control deck do I want to play here? And I'm just so naturally like writing Jace down that it feels weird to think, not, think of not playing him. It's just hard to uh, – I'm just so used to it. So the implementation of this is July 1st. And the announcement, obviously, June 20th. Um, But right now we're sitting in the middle of kind of a a lame duck format. Uh, And this weekend going into Star City Open Baltimore, um, we have basically a format that is almost irrelevant. I'm partly biased because I'm going to be doing commentary this weekend for SCG Live. So. Um, I'm going to uh, – I- I'm excited to see the new format and unfortunately we all know it's coming and we can't do anything about it uh, for this weekend because it doesn't apply this weekend. And uh, it seems to me like they keep talking about how much faster information travels and um, you know, the, how fast metagames kind of are solved or at least how things progress. And it it almost seems like, wow, by this weekend, people are already going to be ready with their new – Cruise, but they uh, kind see, of can't play them.
2: Yeah, see, I, I, I think you're overestimating. Like, I mean, like you are very plugged in. You are in tune with the magic community. But as it is now, an awful lot of people, it does take them more than a couple of days to decide how to adjust to such a radical change to the plot. Yeah, I mean, that's not a lot of time at all. If you changed it so that the change took place immediately, mm-hmm. like, what if somebody has a tournament the day after the announcement and it just changes immediately? immediately? Yeah. That seems, I don't know. It seems like we didn't want it to be shorter than a week and a half. This way, people have a week and a half to figure out what new strategy they want to play. Plus, this weekend can be a time of remembrance. I mean, like, I, I know it sounds funny now because people are so sick of public, but 10 years from now, we're going to remember that this week was the week, Just like now, people talk about affinity. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, wow, everything, this is the most dominant deck since affinity or whatever. Affinity is a permanent place in Magic history. Callblade is a permanent thing in Magic history. This is a time and place where the most dominant deck ever was legal. Celebrate the uh, Callblade this weekend, but also, anybody who wants to, you got one last chance at the title. This is one last chance to try to tr- take, to, tr- to prove that whatever strategy you have you think could beat Callblade. This is your chance to actually step up to the plate and prove it instead of just talk about what you would have done, you know, instead of what you what you could have done if only you would have had the chance. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, the clinic change after next week anyway. So let's just make the most of it. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, I agree. Like, um, you know, I I've been so certain that uh, that Stoneforge was going to be banned on June 20th uh, and still. Um, the day the event decks came out, I got two of them so I could build a Stoneforge Mystic deck to play with for two weeks. You know, yeah. I was like, I want to build a Stoneforge deck just like on on its way out the door, just for fun, just to play around. I've been messing with Pure Steel Paladin, um, a, a version of that, and like I was like, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play uh, Stoneforge just because it'll be fun to get to play it before I can't play it anymore. Right i 've been celebrating even though I think it should be banned,
0: <laughs> and I think that 's the the thing i 've been playing Jay so much in Legacy recently that I kind of didn 't get a chance to play him. well, I had a chance i just wasn 't I was playing Legacy instead of Standard so much recently that uh I kind of feel like oh no i don't i 'm not going to be able to play jason standard anymore um but uh looking ahead to to the future of standard like i think uh what can what can we speculate will be the best decks? Um, I mean, it seems like right out of the gate, people think Valakit is suddenly going to be really strong. And as you mentioned, Patrick, uh, Splinter Twin combo is a nice natural foil to to Valakit just by being faster and uh, and not having to deal with any pretty much any sort of interaction from the Valakit deck. Uh, so if it has the combo, it's not even, it doesn't really even have to fight. Um, so those two decks, obviously. And then we've had Uh, Vampires do well recently. Mono Red seems like it's still a contender. So both, you know, both of those decks are still alive, uh, in the metagame. Obviously, Callblade and Rug are pretty much dead decks and at least the face of Rug as we knew it. But, um, what kind of new decks or at least new archetypes or maybe old archetypes that we haven't seen in a while, uh, do we think maybe... Have a chance to get in. You you already mentioned uh, mono black control like Phyrexian Obliterator. Patrick, um, is that something you think will will start seeing more uh, more play or more success? All right. Well, that's a lot of different questions. Yeah, I so, know. I know.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah for so the first the first part, Valakit is level zero as the metagame. It starts with there's this deck that was the best deck mm-hmm. in the best baseline deck before. And the only thing that could keep it under control was Jason the and, and then later, Stoneforge Mystic going to get sort of Feast and famine uh, actually beat it. You know, because once the decks and the Control decks have these two cards that they can't beat, well, now that its two enemies are actually gone, uh, it rises up and, and becomes the baseline that people have to build their deck for mm-hmm. So that makes level one, Splinter Twin. Because Splinter Twin is the natural foil; mm-hmm. It's the deck that just inherently beats delicate. Uh, despite not having Stenforge or Jace. So then level two is uh, everything else should be, you know, vying for either a better way to beat Valakit or something that actually beats Twin, you know? And, like, a lot of decks could be Twin, but it's just that when we're going around building decks besides Valakit and Twin, we kind of want to make sure that you actually beat one of those two, you know? Or else you're not really going to have a purpose in the meta game. And, uh... The problem with decks like Mono Red and mm-hmm. Vampires is that it's not that they, it, like, yes, they didn't get any cards from them banned. And the only reason they were even playable is because all the strategies that were good against them were not playable, and they were actually playable against Callblade. Callblade's gone. Now, instead of playing... These decks aren't solid here. You know, you, you don't get to play these decks against the same types of opponents. Now, there's going to be a lot more Rafa Gods.
3: Mm-hmm. There's going to
2: be a lot more... In there's going to be more Valakits and Primeval Titans and Grave Titans and Inferno Titans. I mean, there's just going to be so much stuff that it remains to be seen if it's time for Mama Red or Vampires yet, you know? I mean, yes, Vampires has access to discards, and so it's going to be able to at least try to fight that way. Mm-hmm. But it is going to have to change the way that Vampire decks play out. You know, the old Vampire decks, or the recent Vampire decks, were so hyper-aggro. They were just all spot removal and jackal parts. And now they're going to have to actually be able to interact with Combo and interact with, you know, Titan. Mono Red, on the other hand, it's not even clear what Mono Red is supposed to be now. So while it didn't get any the card banned, I think that we're going to have to wait until we figure out what it is that it's supposed to be. Because as it is now, every single deck I, you know, begin to imagine seems awesome against Mono Red, just naturally. You know, like for Obliterator, Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck with that, Mono Red. Yeah. Great, <laughs> good luck with that. You know, worm coil engine. Like, every Raven card just seems so good against Mono Red. Now, Vengemine, anything. So I think this Mono Red is not at all where you want to start. Um, I agree with you completely that rug is dead. I mean, is going to have to change form dramatically because that was a deck that revolved entirely around Jason and Yeah.
3: And
2: without it. Like, what are you even doing, you know? Like, if you're going to be a ramp deck, maybe you turn into, like, a turbo land deck. Maybe you turn into a uh, drowsy deck of some sort. Maybe you turn into a poly, mass polymorph deck or a Spoiler lamp deck. Maybe, maybe you're just ramping up to some good cards, you know? I mean, ranted growth is turning back on 12. And uh And if the new rumored Garruk is
1: true, I mean, that card's pretty sweet. What is the new... I haven't even heard about the new rumored Garuk, Joe, do you know it?
0: Yeah. Um, Patrick- what is it? Patrick, you know, know it offhand. I'd have yeah. to look it up. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, there's absolutely no confirmation of this whatsoever, other than the fact that, supposedly, it comes from a reliable source. But, um, but it's one green, green, green to four mana. One green, green, green for a Planeswalker dash to rook. Its starting loyalty is three. Its first ability is plus two. Search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, Shockley Library. His first ability is plus two to rank it though. Yeah. And then his second ability is uh, plus one to put a 2-2 green wolf token onto the battlefield. Love it. <laughs> and then his third ability is uh, minus six. Put a 2-2 green wolf token onto the battlefield for every land and creature you
0: control. It really follows in the footsteps of the old Garrick in a way, like you know, it, it can protect itself, and then it can overwhelm you with with creatures, and it can also ramp. It seems kind of uh, very much similar to the the original.
1: While we're on the topic of new planeswalkers, um, do you want to talk briefly about that thing that Noyan had sent us the other day?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a thread on MTG Salvation saying that it, uh, according to. Uh, what appeared to be the the starting like the first characters in the Japanese version. There was a Japanese Duels of the Planeswalkers commercial that fanned the uh, the Planeswalkers, and we've mentioned this in the past episode. And that that was the one where you saw Gideon with the uh, the M12 expansion symbol. So we it confirmed Gideon. Um, the other Planeswalkers are kind of behind Gideon, and you only see like a slight corner or like a little sliver of each card and it looks like from the Japanese version of the commercial, which has the Japanese cards, uh, the first character that you can see, like the kanji, I think is the, uh, the term for the Japanese characters. Uh, they're different than Jace Bellerin and Chandra Nalar and Garrick. So, you know, Garrick Wildspeakers. Yeah.
2: And I'm pretty certain that that's a really good find because, uh, like, I'm pretty certain that Garuk, Chandra, and Jace have new forms. Yeah. Uh, Jace is not going to be the mind sculptor, that's for sure. And yeah. Chandra is probably not going to be a blaze just because it was the least popular planeswalker of all time. And mm-hmm. if this Garruk really is going to group, I that card is unbelievable. That card is so good. I won't be surprised if that Garruk is, like, the second best planeswalker of all time. I mean, like, that elite company, is like, just pretty much just like, Tendulet, or Ajani Vengeance, uh El Smith and Jason Mindscope they' pretty much like that top top five, right? He seems at least in the league of, of a Johnny Vengeant, Cloth and Rage or Lilith, and, and El Smith. I mean Wizards has said recently that it's important to have cards like Kidney Needle mm-hmm. and Oblivion Ring. You know, different things like that that are safety valves to make sure planeswalkers uh don't get out of control. Yeah. Because maybe maybe things wouldn't have been as bad if Kidney Needle and Oblivion Ring were legal. You know, like Oblivion Ring helping to fight <laughs> Jace's and Batterskull, Stoneforge, and, and Pithy Needle for both as well. I mean, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, first of all, from the looks of it, there is exactly one card that, like, uh, I don't recall what the two cards are, mm-hmm. but there are two cards that were next to each other in M11 mm-hmm. that uh, preclude Oblivion Ring from being in M11 because those two cards are next to, numbered next to each other. Right. However, in M12, those same two cards appear and there's exactly one card between
0: them. Right. Nice. So it looks, it, it could be Oblivion Ring. that's circumstantial
2: it. evidence, mm-hmm. but if I were Wizard of the Coast, I would probably put Oblivion Ring in M12.
0: Yeah, I think it's such a perfect, like, perfect kind of design, too, for a card. It's very versatile. It's, you know, it's got its uh, weaknesses, and it just seems like, it seemed like such a staple when it was around. It almost was surprising to me that it wasn't in M11.
2: You know, M12 is going to shake things up quite a bit, so even though we're all excited about what possible brews are, are in place, you know, are, are going to be made possible because of Jason's and Stenford being gone, that format we have to remember is only going to be around for a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. And then it's going to change radically again because M10 and M11, I mean, those are some, those are some sets that really change formats. Bane Slayer Angel, the M10 Duels, the Great Sable Stag. For me all the Titans, mm-hmm. Fauna Shaman preordain, Mana Leak. Right. Now I'm excited to see what M twelve brings.
1: Seriously. Yeah, very, very yeah. Very jumping excited. back
2: to what formats are possible, or what decks are possible, uh this we had kind of tangented off because uh we were talking about, you know, like what decks are gonna be are going to be possible in this mm-hmm. new format. And I mean, you know I have an unnatural love for Mono Black, but I really do think that Mono Black uh has a has a niche, has a purpose because like the discard you have is mm-hmm. going to be good against both of those two combo decks, right? right. Like the Twin right. Mountains of Splinter and Valakit, right? And the uh, the creature removal is good against Twin. You can have the right creature removal to combat uh, Valakit, and you could play like you could play Land Destruction, discard the Morass side, cards if you wanted. The whole thing that was keeping Black from not being able to win before was two things: one Black has a weakness to Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. And two, Black has a weakness to to artifacts.
1: Mm, yeah. So
2: when exactly. Stoneforge Mystic is going to go get Batterskull, I mean, that's kind of a problem for Black.
1: Perfect And storm. then when
2: yeah. blue decks always get to just combat all your mediocre two-for-ones with a single Jace the Mind Sculptor, I and mean, that's a problem. But with both Stoneforge Mystic and Jace gone and replaced with Valicant and Twin, which are two things that Black is actually particularly, you know, which Black is good against, hmm I think that black is gonna be the real deal. Mono Black I think is gonna be uh I think mono black is gonna be big on the upswing.
1: I like I like the fact that every deck has access to Tectonic Edge and Surgical Extraction to deal with Valakit if they really wanted to, you know. I think that's yep. uh, I think that's comforting. Like a lot of people, especially the people who are very upset with the bannings, are like, "Oh, great! Now we're just going to deal with Valakit for five months, and that's going to be the best deck." But I mean, like somebody was saying that, like you know, there are a lot of cards printed uh, that combat Valakit that we haven't even had time to explore yet because we've been too busy fighting Callblade and Jace. Um, so there are things there that answer that deck. So I think that saying that, oh, the format's just going to be um, is going to be dominated by valakit for the next couple months, and now that's a problem, is just a, a blatant oversimplification of what things are going to be.
2: Uh, yeah. I agree with you completely. Why can't a black deck use Tumor Exert? Yeah. to I mean, a Tumor Exert could take, you know, like a green sun zenith or a summoning trap or whatever out of their hand, but can also take a valakit out of their hand if they try hiding their valakit from you. You know, like if you're playing tectonic edge and some discard spells and surgical extraction, as long as you have some creature removal for their fatties, you can pick apart a valakit deck. They don't, the deck's almost all air, it's all land. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. And that's not even, to, and that's to say nothing of the fact that you can just cast strexy obliterator. And what are they going to do about that? Yeah, you
1: know, they can't. With now this the
2: obliterator isn't getting faced all the time and sort of feast and cannons all the time. Did
1: I, right. did I tell you, Joey? Um, remember, I brought up semblance anvil as a possible way to make swords cheaper. Where you know we're to make yeah. batter skull cheaper. Um, you know, I, I, we kind of I mean, we kind of just brought it up casually, but sure enough, round one at F and M um, when I played a couple weeks ago at someone else's store. um, somebody used Semblance Anvil and then went sword, sword, sword for one mana each. Oh, wow. Like, I was just like, oh, well, that's... Like, still uh, Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I'm playing that deck now, too. Um, but, like... Uh, yeah, but Semblance Anvil seems like it could be, a you know, at least a two of in some of those decks to help them cheat them out. I mean, you got the... I mean, it makes them two cheaper, so it means you can play your Mortar Pods for free, you can play your uh, Flare Husks for free, you know, and you're just basically cantripping off of these free... Creatures.
0: Yeah, I guess I'd have to. See, I'd have to
2: see it. I'd have to see it in action because it sounds very exciting, and it sounds like something that Johnny would enjoy. <laughs> but um, I'm always a little wary. Uh, I mean, sometimes they end up breaking. You know, they end up breaking formats. But sometimes cards that rely on you having the best card in your deck can play all the time. Uh, can be a little risky just because, like, Pure Steel Paladin is such a powerful card, anyway. That if you get to just have your Pierce Steel Paladin in play for more than one turn, you should be gaining a huge advantage every turn anyway.
1: Absolutely, no. I agree. So
2: I'd want to make sure that if uh, like I mean, maybe Anvil, maybe the Anvil can be added in such a way so that it actually helps other facets of the deck as well. Right. But I definitely I mean, want to make sure to.
1: We could you could yeah, then again? I mean, you can also that also affects all artifacts. So then you can play etch champions for one, or like vault scourges for two life. And there's lots of different things you can do uh, that it reduces the cost of. I mean, you you I mean, pure steel paladin is obviously good on its own. You don't really need semblance able to make pure steel paladin good, uh, but it's a good like backup plan, or maybe just a, you know, mean, even, even if you draw on both, you can use one to exile to imprint the other and then you don't have to ever draw them again, and, if you, and then basically you're just drawing and playing stuff, and if you happen to have a pure steel paladin out, it's even that much better.
2: Yeah. Something. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like, there's a lot of different ways that could end up going. I mean, who knows? Maybe you even imprint an artifact creature out of your hand, and then it reduces the cost of your creatures and your artifacts. Yes. So that you actually go, like, turn, you know, you go turn to pure steel paladin, your opponent goes kill it immediately. And then you go turn three Anvil and you, you know, you exile a Etched Champion or something. And then on the next turn, you're able to play a, a turn four Sun Titan and you get back to your Pierstor Paladin. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of, that's an exciting other thing you can do. still a little wary because this Anvil is the exact type of card that always leads to, like, it's so sexy to imagine what it does. And I haven't ever seen it in any deck that worked yet. But um, it's, that's how, I mean, that's the thing about, You know, stupid ideas, you know, like stupid ideas are where brilliant ideas come from. And that definitely is the type of idea that there's a good chance that it won't end up panning out at high, high competitive levels. However, there's a chance that it'll be truly great. And there's an awful lot to be learned and enjoyed playing it at whatever level, just trying to make it that one time in 10 or that one time in 20
1: where it really breaks out, you know? I never even thought about an artifact creature. I am pumped.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, Hero's Layhold only costing
1: two mana—down <sighs> six. Talking, Pat. I like what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely something that uh, it sounds pretty exciting. I'm excited about Mono Black as well. Um, the only thing, uh, two things that I, th- I think about, um, and you actually said something along these lines in your article uh, yesterday, Patrick, the uh, about all the utility lands that uh, you were examining the block decks, and you're talking about how the control decks don't, you know, they have to play more mana, and because the lands don't, most of the lands don't do anything, um, and half of the deck is made up of mana. It's it's tougher because uh, the aggro decks that play less land already start out with natural card advantage because they have more business spells. Um, how do you feel like with mono black, you obviously want to play a lot of swamps, especially if you're playing something like uh, Lash Writhe. Um How do you feel? Does that kind of hold the deck back at all? Or do you feel like that's something that's a, just something that uh, just power through, I guess?
2: Well, it's, it's something that has to be considered, because, like, uh, if you just played Stone Cold 25 Swamps or whatever, I mean, that's, you're not getting any utility, yeah. and every time you add, uh, you know, like Catonic Edge or whatever, you're making it harder to play some of the cards, like Obliterator, and you're making your last try weaker mm-hmm. and that's even more complicated by the fact that, um, I mean, I think Spreading fees is going to be a very popular card in the future.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, spreading seas is you know that's like a natural, super powerful way to fight Valakit. Right, and and uh, if people are playing spreading seas and you have tectonic edge, sometimes playing obliterator might be a little tricky, a little challenging. But that's the that's the whole. I mean, that's one of the big question marks in the format because obliterator seems so good in the format now. You know. Yeah. He seems he seems like a great card, as long as you can cast it. And therein lies the rub, you know? Like, it's it's going to take a lot of working with it to figure out what four drops do you want. Do you want Lash Ride? Do you want a Tomb Do you want a Bliterator? How many can you play? Can you play four? Can you play six? Can you play eight? And then um, what kind of expensive spells do you play? Are you going to play Liliana, Grave Titan, Massacre Worm, Worm Coil Engine, Shieldred? Uh, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of expensive possibilities. Uh, and then as far as the discard spells, what mix of, of Inquisition of Cozilek, Despise, uh, you know, duress. I mean, duress seems worse now that people aren't always having a better skull in their hand or a Jace. But mm. what about despise? Except that now there's no Jace anymore. That was the number one thing to get. Except that you might want to get the primeval titan out of the person's hand or the cobra. I mean, oh, it's, you it's do.
1: <laughs> you do want to get the primeval titan out of their hand. I had to play against mono green, um, like a mono green Eldrazi deck, and ugh, yeah, you got to get that primeval titan out of their hand. It's pretty brutal.
2: My, my initial guess <laughs> is that the uh, the starting spot is for Inquisition of Kozilek. The Inquisition is the best one. Yeah. And then beyond that, that Despise is the next choice. Because I think that there's a good chance that you're going to want to play six to eight discard spells. I'm not sure. The discard spells are just so good. And being able to knock creatures out of people's hands. I mean, everybody plays creatures, you know? Yeah. Being able to knock creatures out of people's hands is very nice. Although I'd be careful of playing too many Despises out the gate. I'm not sure, though. I mean, who knows? I, it's really tough to figure out where the format's going to go yet. And maybe the duress is better or that a mixture of all three. Plus, I mean, distress is in M12, which is kind of exciting.
0: Oh, is it? Has, it been, has it been confirmed? I didn't, uh,
2: yeah. didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, how exciting is that? I mean, distress makes a perfect follow up. If you go turn one, Inquisition, to ch- take whatever they were going to do that was cheap, then direct distress gives you ways to actually hit those primeval titans or those planeswalkers, but also hit spells or whatever, you know? Right. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that one. So am I. Yeah. And uh, then, and then uh, as far as your removal, you have so many good options. You know, like go for the throat is obviously the, uh, the, the the sort of the card to beat. And but and gatekeeper, you know, gatekeeper and go for the throat. But there's mm-hmm. also obviously you know, uh, disfigure, uh, Doomblade, blade, uh, guest's verdict. I mean, guest's verdict could be great if the format goes in direction that has, you know, where you you need a removal spell that that can actually hit things like thrum. Or, protect,
0: or Mirroring Crusader. Right. What do you think uh, as far as... Um, wh- when we were in Denver, we were watching a guy play Mono Black Control in Standard. And I know it's a completely different Standard going forward. But I think one of the things that we were noticing was he just didn't have a way to... Uh, he didn't have enough library manipulation or card draw at all. Um, and that still seems like a weakness of the deck. Um,
2: oh, Okay, so I definitely think you got to play a lot of card advantage. And I think mean, the people today, it, I mean, unfortunately, it wasn't totally viable just because of the fact that uh, Callblade was so busted. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you could play all these two-for-ones and still lose to a Jace. But now that you don't have to be playing Vampire Hexmage at the deck to try to fight people's Jaces and so on, mm-hmm. you can actually focus on having more card advantage. Things like Sign and Blood, Tezra's Gambit, Mimic that. uh, you know, like uh, the Crest, is Crest. Progressive Phyrexia?
0: Uh-huh. is that the the one that does the the poison? I forget, uh
2: Yeah, it draws like target player loses three life, gets three poison counters, and draws three cards.
0: Yeah, that's right, for five and it's a sorcery. Yeah.
2: Yep. So you can play I mean, there's more card advantage like that, not to mention all the two for ones, like Phyrexia and Rager or Tumor X or Gatekeeper or or any number of uh, you know uh, any number of two for one type forms of card advantage. So I mean, skin render, gray titan, warm glow, these are all like implied card advantage.
3: Right. So I
2: think that as long as uh, Mono Black deck plays just tons and tons of card advantage,
3: mm-hmm. they
2: can get there. You know, Liliana, uh, the like, I mean, the big thing is that without Jace in the way, mm-hmm. they just got to be disciplined and play enough card draw so that they don't just get stuck with all land and removal spells. You know. If the other the other big one, as I mm-hmm. mentioned, the change besides shapes and line sculpture mm-hmm. from the perspective of Mono Black is the uh is the equipment because those are the two big question marks, you know. Like uh what's a black deck gonna do about Sword of Feast and Famine? What's a Black Deck gonna do mm-hmm. about, you know, any random artifact or, or whatever? Or Tesseret, you know, what if people start playing Tezzeret? A black deck's gotta be able to compete with a turn three Tesserit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, in that t- Tezzeret and Artifacts, or Planeswalkers and Artifacts, like you said, they're, the, uh, they're a weakness for black, and it seems like te- a Tezzeret deck would just naturally have a huge advantage.
2: Right, which is why, you know, it's going to be important to consider the right kind of discard to use. And if you, you know, like, what kind of support do you use? Is it worth playing Rajabal? Is it worth playing Total Magnet? Is it worth playing, you know, like, what other cards, you know, Spine of a Schneid or Karn? Who knows?
0: Right. Uh, what do you feel um, like, you know, as far as, um, as far as like blue based control, which, you know, we had plenty options. Well, Jace the Mind Sculptor was the kind of the start of that deck. Uh, so, how does a blue based control deck kind of take shape in the new standard? Like, how, how do you see that happening?
2: I see two blue based control decks right off the top, mm-hmm. like, right out the gate. The first one is blue black control. Mm-hmm. If you recall, Blue Black Control was the chosen one that was able to defeat Valakit last time. Right. And so, if Valakid is the new monster that needs to be slain again, uh, like, Jace the Mind Sculptor is not absolutely vital to defeating Valakit. You could play a deck full of, you know, one mana discard spells like Despise, Duress, and Inquisition, mm-hmm. Mana Leaks, Stoic Rebuttals, and then uh, some creature removal and a bunch of card advantage, spreading fees and tectonic edges, and just maul a Valakit deck. Now, instead of Jace the Mind Sculptor, you can, I mean, there's a variety of different options to choose from, but there's Jace's Ingenuity, Jace Valerin, uh 4C, Liliana Vess, uh, Tezzeret Gambit, Simon of Seagate Oracle even. I don't know. There's a lot of different options. Yeah. So I think that, uh, I think that Blue-Black Control, mm-hmm. yeah, it hurts to not have Jace the Mind Sculptor anymore. You know what? Jace the Mind Sculptor was the best card against Blue-Black Control. <laughs> <laughs> Now, think about how many times people have played... How many times people play Jace decks and then the other person just sticks a Jace and you're dead.
3: Right. You know? Yeah.
2: So not not having to face Jace anymore is just huge, but also not having to face Stoneforge Mystic anymore. You know? Yeah. How do you not have to face Stoneforge Mystic or Jace? I mean, Blue, Black, Control is the is the exact type of deck that could beat a Deceiver deck or a Valakut deck, you know, without even much effort. Now... Uh, uh, its baseline strategy is going to be a little weak to hyper-aggro, but if you think that hyper-aggro gets hurt by all these combo decks, then, I mean, blue-black definitely gets to, you know, slide right in and have this sort of this, this niche in the metagame. Right. Yep. The other one I'm seeing is, oh, and then uh, it also has Consecrated Sphinx now. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you always had Grave Titan, and mm-hmm. then people eventually invented Procursor But Man, Consecrated Sphinx. <sighs> I'm not sure what the right mix is going to be, between Consecrated Sphinx and Grave Titan,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but Consecrated Sphinx is absolutely amazing. And if you were worried about, you know, not drawing enough cards because it's not having Jace, Consecrated Sphinx will draw all the cards you need.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
2: The, uh, the other one mm-hmm. is Blue-White Control. Now, Blue-White Control has a little bit more of a question mark over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Blue-Black, I'm pretty certain Blue-Black's going to make a comeback for sure. You know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, if you think the Blue is dead... Think uh I, I I mean I know you don't, but I think anybody who's concerned the blue can't work without Jason Line Sculpture, you've got to remember just how many good blue cards have been printed in the last year and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean but, we uh, still still and, have Mana Leak. That's a that's a big one, just right there.
2: Preordain right. Mana Leak, Spreading Seas, Consecrated Sphinx, uh J- Jace I mean, there's, Bellerin. There's, yeah, I mean plus plenty of other cards. Plus blue cards just are better naturally. You know, like, the things that blue does, like balancing things and drawing cards and looking at cards and countering spells. But anyway, out of blue-white control, uh, there's a few different ways blue-white control might end up going. Mm -hmm. But uh, the first one that comes to mind is Venser. Yeah. I mean, Venser does a pretty good Jace the Mind Sculpture impression. I mean, he costs five, but often he's at least as deadly. You know, like you're drawing an extra card every turn when you phase out your Spreading Seas or your Seagate Oracle or your Wall of Omens or whatever, mm-hmm. or you're resetting your Magnets or or triggering your Contagion Class again or or retriggering your Sunblast Angel or retriggering your Titans or or whatever you want to do. You're getting like at least a a card worth of value at the very least. Yeah. Plus he he scales up so fast. to The ultimate faster than Jace does. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna be really excited to. Uh, I'm very excited to work on blue-white venture decks, you know? The blue-white decks are going to be naturally good against the Hyper Aggro decks,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the blue-black decks are going to be naturally good against the combo decks. But, uh, I'm not sure which one will end up being the best overall, you know? Yeah. Blade Splicer, I think, is going to change the dynamics of how Venter works. Oh, yeah. Blade Splicer is an absolutely incredible card, and the ability to Venter him, mm-hmm. I mean, just playing Venture just Playing with a good, I mean, just playing Blade Splicer just to put it out there as a good card, mm. I think is a very legitimate thing. And once you start using Vencer to blink your Blade Splicer every turn, you start getting a really big advantage. And you can even use the unblockable, you can threaten to have the unblockable ability, make all your Blade Splicers unblockable to break through a standoff.
0: Do you think uh, Vengevine decks will still will be able to kind of have a resurgence? Because I typically like what kept them down was that, you know the Primeval Titans, the Valakits, and basically the Titans, and it seems like that's actually more having... uh, They're going to have more appearances now. So are Vengevine decks still just not good enough?
2: I mean, so... uh, And that's actually kind of a... uh, That's a very, very good question, and kind of a deeper one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with your assessment completely that the... That Vengevine was... Like, the thing that oppresses Vengevine are the Titans. And the... um, the whole reason we got to this weird metagame that exists in the real world up until the banning was because Wizards of the Coast didn't realize that you could, like, it, it, I mean, it's a pretty big leap to invent the idea of a blue deck that has Stoneforge Mystic, but only eight creatures. I mean, it's a very non intuitive thing. Right. Uh, I mean, like, why didn't people play that at the World Championships? You know, it just hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. And it's a pretty radical change in deck design philosophy. And uh, and because Wizards didn't have that, combined with the fact that they didn't realize how good sort of Feast and Famine was, mm-hmm. and they knew darn well how good Batterskull was, and they knew that Batterskull plus Dunforge Mystic was going to be pretty unbeatable, I mean, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact that they didn't have so, sort of uh, Feast and Famine, it, it ended up skewing their metagame, where they were under the impression that the Goblin Guide decks and Vengevine decks would be really good, and the Goblin Guide and Vengevine would help keep Jace in check, and that Jace would help keep the Titans in check, and that then there, you know, and so there'd be this nice little paper rock scissors. Right. Except that, you know, Jace's mind sculptor happened to be better than all, <laughs> and as a result, the uh, the Goblin Guide decks and the Vengevine decks didn't have their purpose in the meta game. But with with Jace and Stoneforge gone now, kind of concerned that. Initially, Vengevine and Goblin Guide don't even have their niche. You know, the whole thing they were supposed to beat but couldn't, it's gone now. And so now all that's left are things that are good against them. Right. You know? Worm Coil Engine, Grave Titan, um, the, uh, like, Mono Black now has Surgical Extraction, um, yeah, Combo Decks.
0: It seems like they actually. They actually printed answers to Vengevine that you know a question that wasn't being asked. Pretty well, much.
2: and Batterskull, too. Batterskull was supposed to be an answer to Vengevine, right? Because Vengevine was so powerful in FFL,
0: right? So it's kind of sad for uh, for Vengevine because it looks like unless something
2: uh, very... now I think that there is going to be a comeback of Vengevine eventually, though, because I think what ends up happening is that Vengevine is sort of like cruel tomato.
3: It's yeah.
2: uh, like cruel tomato. Mm-hmm helps make it possible for control decks to beat fairies. And it's really kind of non-intuitive how they do that, because Cruel Tomatoes is big, expensive, tap-out sorcery that they can just counter. So you right. think, well, that's not good against fairies. But the thing is, the Cruel tomatum can do the heavy lifting for you and can clean up after you if you dedicate 85% of your deck to beating one deck, you know? Like, you, you build your entire deck to beat the best deck, like fairies. hmm if you do that, you're going to naturally be a little underpowered when you face other matchups. Right. So if you have a card that can just totally take over the game by itself, then or you know some some strategy, some other strategy that can win the game for you by itself, uh-huh. then uh, then it's absolutely it is good against that because like, if Vengevine lets you beat the Valakit people, the combo people, if you slant your decks to beat combo. Mm-hmm. And then you just rely on, like, you know, Venge Vines and Fauna Shumans and whatnot to beat the blue-white decks or whatever. I mean, the Venge Vine is actually doing good for you, you that's, know? Yeah, that's right. you keeps a... cleaning up after you so that you can build your deck in such a way to be able to beat people who are trouble.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it. I hadn't uh, ever thought of that, I don't think. But that's really...
2: So, yeah, I mean, at level 0 and level 1, Venge Vine is the exact opposite of where you want to be I mean Mm -hmm. the card is the exact wrong place but it could in theory be where you want to end up if you can find a way to crack the code and then use it as an additional engine you know just something else good to do because like for instance um, Vengevine is still pretty good against Monoblack like they do a surgical extraction Mm -hmm. but they might not draw the surgical extraction and besides haste creatures are great and what if people play Tezzeret Vengevine great against Tezzeret yeah what if people play Monorite? Then you're grading as So there could be a, a a world where where that ends up becoming true if people are able to compensate for for Splinter Twin and the
0: Titans. One more deck I want to ask you about, and um, I think you're the person who's done the best in the the on the biggest stage with this kind of deck, and that's obviously Tezzeret. Uh, do you feel like not, Tezzeret decks are they gonna are they gonna show?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you lose Chase the Mind Sculptor,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but that's not the end of the world. Now, first of all, some people play Call with the Hammer, and I'm not really like I'm not that real, really that big a fan of the the much more aggressive Call Hezret mm-hmm. sort of builds. But they have done, you know, they have put up some numbers some places, and it may be that that's the formula that you can, that you can play Cough and Tezzeret together, so you have just this incredible amount of planeswalking haste. I mean, if other people think the planeswalkers aren't going to be an issue anymore, and you show up with both Cough and Tezzeret, you're going to get a lot of free wins that way. Right. And, um, and they, the, uh, the aggressive nature of both is definitely something to consider. Now, the, uh, the other style, obviously, uh, is, you know, just a Tezzeret, a more dedicated Tezzeret deck. that's either... Blue black, or you know, several colors, but revolving around Tzezret himself, right? Uh, and the uh, the Forge Master sort of style, of blue black. Might um, be surprised if if that's where you want to be, but because um, I think that people are going to have just too much interaction. Like it's another combo deck, but it's not nearly as resilient as as like uh, the Velicate or Twin decks. So you probably, I don't think that's where you want to end up. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as just playing a Tezzeret deck, it's like two, three, or four colors. It's uh, like sort of aggro, control, mid rangey sort of like uh, the one I played in Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can replace Jace there. I mean, for some amount of the time when I was testing, I didn't even have Jace's in the, in the main deck, you know?
3: Right.
2: And uh, you mm-hmm. got to replace it with something. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's the Wellspring engine. Yeah, I mean Icker Wellspring and Michaelson Wellspring,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, combined with Rexy's core, as well as if you have any other things to sacrifice artifacts. Uh, I mean that's a that's a pretty good so- source of card advantage. You know, like you get a whole lot of think twices and once you lose Jace, that's the exact thing you're looking for some card advantage. But I don't think Tetherett's at the top of my list of cards just yet, just because of the fact that it's naturally uh, it was naturally a little bit weak against Alakid. Mm-hmm. But um I mean it's one of the most powerful cards in the format left. So it's definitely a card to, to explore and to work with. And I think it's gonna end up stabilizing as being, you know, like you know how like Rug was consistently right around five or you know, five percent of the field or so, between four and seven percent of the field.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think Tezret's gonna become stable at somewhere more like four to seven percent of the field, you know? Like I think okay. it's gonna start picking up they're probably closer to the seven percent. But I think that Tezret is going to be one of the decks that begins to fill the void from decks like Rug no longer existing. So these are at the top is because I think that in order to build the Tezret deck the right way, mm-hmm. you have to have more of a grasp of what the rest of the format is doing. Right. You have to know what it is that you have to be able to beat. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's that makes sense. Control has a bunch of very straightforward uh, cards. You know, you just have what discard information do you play. Whereas Tesserite, you have to calculate how many removable spells cells you're going to play. Are you going to play sweepers? What colors are you going to play? How much acceleration? Uh, are you going to play tumble magnets? Are you going to play uh, lots of monsters? Are you not going to play any monsters? Are you going to play a Consecrated Sphinx deck? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different variables at play with trying to figure out how to build the Tesserite deck right.
0: Yeah, it seems like a, a lot more of a puzzle to solve. Tezorite.
2: Uh You know what card might be at the top of my list? What's Consecrated that? Sphinx. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, seems so good.
2: Consecrated Sphinx is that guy is that guy is going to be
0: putting in some work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it's already it's already been shining in block, and I think that yeah, you know, and, and 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 in little fringe places. I mean, it's been in in uh, Callblade a couple times. A couple people played it as like a one of, and it's been in uh, Twin decks. But uh, yeah, I think it's definitely going to make a much bigger impact going forward uh... yeah I
2: mean, like okay so Stoneforge Mystic and Jason and my sculptor weren't legal in block mm-hmm. so why don't we just look at some of the block decks and try to figure out how to carry them to type 2 I mean what were the best strategies in block there's Tempered Steel mm-hmm. which I think we'll see some Tempered Steel in, in type 2 in standard right there's Pierce Steel Paladin which we'll see in standard there's various cost uh, various cost decks Tezzeret decks and Consecrated Sink decks and I think we're going to see that all that you know
0: yeah, so uh, definitely, definitely a good idea to look ahead at the block decks, and no better place to do that than uh, than your article from from Monday. So, if anybody who's uh, who's curious to see some of that, uh, definitely check, check out Patrick's article. I'll link that actually in the show notes because it was a, it was a great article, great look at the uh, the metagame.
2: Well, and actually, my article on Wednesday,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, depending on your uh, inertial time reference point, right. my article on Wednesday will be or was about <laughs> uh, the new metagame with, with, uh, with Jason Stoneforge gone.
3: Okay. You know,
2: just talking about some of the bands and some of the, the ways to explore some of the decks. You know, which decks you think are going to be good and which ones, uh, which ones, need to change the most. You know.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, anything uh, either of you guys wanted to add?
2: The Gathering. Uh definitely check that out. Bill Bowden and myself. Bill Bowden, aka Spruce, and uh, Magic Theme hip hop. And it's you know just having a lot of fun, and uh, uh, hopefully people will get a chance to hear from uh, from the track here, Brewmaster's Delight. Yeah. Um just you know, fun way to enjoy magic culture.
0: Absolutely, I I definitely have a blast listening to it, and uh, it's it's just a really fun album. Fun is the key word. If you love magic, I mean, how can you not just enjoy this? It's it's magic. Themed hip-hop, exactly. It's, or it's actually more than just hip-hop. I mean, it's, it's several genres. So if you haven't heard it yet, I don't know where you've been. But it's, you know, we've played it multiple times on the show. But definitely check it out. We'll uh, we'll link some The Gathering. Uh, it's
2: kind of prophetic. It's kind of prophetic. I mean, like, there were a number of people who were not aware that Jason Line sculpture is actually better than all.
0: Yeah. And, I mean,
2: now it's official. Right. It's, you know, it's certified. Too good, you know, but... Hey, dude, is it bad that I feel like uh, like my, my son just graduated from college? <laughs> yeah, I've never been so proud. You know, I'm like, like, good for you, Jace. Way to go. You get him. You know? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Valedictorian of uh, of standard. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, looking ahead, upcoming events. This weekend, of course, we have Star City open in Baltimore. It is the last hurrah for Call Blade, so those of you who Want to, uh, as Patrick said earlier in the episode, do you want to give it a last uh, send off, or do you want to prove that you can beat it, that your brew can do it? Then that's the best place and pretty much the only opportunity you're going to get.
1: I'm totally like playing like the sickest, like death metal air guitar solo right now over having star city open in baltimore this weekend
0: yeah absolutely i was doing
1: it the whole time you were talking about it i just was like (laughs) it's totally rocking out i'm so excited for this weekend um can i click cram a shameless plug-in real quick why not great um friday night before the event (laughs) um i'm hosting a legacy tournament like in place of fnm um Friday night at amazing spiral comics in uh, Hamden, Maryland it's just north of the Convention Center uh, you can get there by the uh, uh, by the 27 bus gets you pretty close um, you know if you want to come to that just email umMt taps at gmail.com uh, we have
0: a, we have a week off uh, July 4th weekend not too many big events happening then but july 9th and 10th uh the weekend after that the m12 pre-release is already right around the corner like two weeks away from m12 pre-release so that kind of snuck up on us i think um and then the week after that is star city games open series in cincinnati where we will see kind of the first uh first look at this new standard and uh which is also it's actually going to be even even more new i guess and more different because the m12 cards will be legal that weekend that'll be the weekend that m12 is released so we we have no idea what that format's going to look like (laughs) but uh that'll be exciting to, to keep an eye on so um that's what we got in the next few weeks so i think uh i think that's everything uh thank you again patrick for joining us we love having you on
2: Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. And uh, thank you to my mom for being awesome. And my dad, happy Father's Day, belated at this point. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely.
3: <laughs>
1: we are Yo! MTG Taps. Taps. Jason Stoneforger Band. Doug
2: Let's talk about fans, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about fans. Probably oh, not on the album, though. No. It's not on the Gathering album, but. Your, uh, radio, you know, just a little remix. A remix. Patrick innovator, no one greater, greater as. Demonstrating, understanding, understanding, underlay to overlay. What you say, what you do, send so this Master's
1: so to end the show can joe can we both say we are yo MTG taps at the same time and pat say stop bitching, start brewing
0: sure if patrick's down for that wait
1: so it's
0: stop bitching and start brewing yeah
2: yeah no, i just wanted to get so just to be clear about something
0: sure
2: did it not did not the quote-unquote bitching help lead to this world where Jace is actually banned?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that. It's <laughs> so unfortunate he's actually banned? But that is not always the thought answer. thought about the philosophy <laughs> involved? That's not always the answer. Usually, it's stop bitch and start brewing. In this case, it was squeaky wheel gets the oil. But, uh... Is it even squeaky the- wheel against the oil? What about, uh... What about a relentless
2: pursuit of perfection? Which... Generally, the only way we can find is to brew it. <laughs>
3: no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, you know what, though? Because seriously, bitching doesn't really actually necessarily help people that much. So it would be an awful, uh, you know, it would be awfully useful for for the majority of the bitching to be replaced with a whole lot more brewing.
0: Absolutely.
1: This is what up and build your decks, you know? Oh, you think your deck could do great if these cards aren't in the format? They're not in the format. Yeah. Build the decks that you think are, you know, the ones that are going to come to the top now. Yeah, you know, prove it. Prove, prove it. it. Step, by step I'll show you how it's done. Coming up with an idea is.
2: I think this bitching thing creates a whole paradigm where it's implied that the only reason things change is because people quote-unquote bitch. I don't think the bitching has anything to do with it. The truth is that the format was broken. Jason Stoneforge are banned, so it's
3: time to start brewing.